Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken from Aftershocks reminding you that if you want to see the interviews, see the artists, and see Matt and I ramble on with the artists, subscribe to us on YouTube. Just go to the link bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash AftershocksPod1, the number one. So bit.ly slash AftershocksPod1. And you can subscribe and see all of our videos in this video cast. Prepare yourself to be blown away by the seismic sound and scrutiny of... Well, let's go ahead. Why don't we go ahead and we'll bring in our first guest tonight. And as I mentioned earlier, he's the basis for Houston's Metal, uh, excuse me, Melodic Metal Mavens, Galactic Cowboys. He's also a host of his own podcast that he's been doing for quite some time now called Monty's Rockcast. Mr. Monty Coleman. What's up, Monty? How you doing? Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Well, first thing, man, I, you know, I, I got to ask everybody when I uh, talk to them these days is how are you doing with the pandemic? I hope you're well and your family's well. How are you doing uh, getting through all this right now? Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, I wish it would get over with because uh, <laughs> get back to living, uh, going to concerts, uh, baseball games and having some fun again. It's uh yeah, it's really sucked. It sucks, man. <laughs> I don't know that that's exactly breaking news, Monty. Breaking news. No. <laughs> the pandemic would end. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, man. So, I mean, while we have you, obviously, here, thanks for coming, man. And, uh, you know, Galactic Cowboys, I mean, it's been what, about three years ago, you guys released a um, long way back uh, to the moon back in 2017. And that was about 17 years before that, since you had released uh, a record. Um, and I don't know, like, when you guys released the record, it wasn't like you guys had put together one and you were shopping a label. The label actually came to you guys and offered you a deal. Um, so, I mean, what's going on, I guess, with the band right now? Is there any activity before the pandemic happened, or are you guys just kind of taking some time again off? Yeah, we uh... – we got together and did it about three years ago. We put it out, and then uh, the label didn't really uh, do much with it, and mm. so uh, we just kind of uh, went on hiatus again. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's kind of where we've been. We we played a few shows. Uh, we played about a year ago and uh, played a couple shows down in Texas. Oh, cool! And that was fun, but uh, haven't really done much since. And there's not really been any way to tour or anything. So. Mm. Okay. Uh, that's kind of where it stands right now. I don't know what we're going to do in the future, if anything, but we'll see. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I mean, just, you know, just to take us back a couple years ago when you guys did release the album, I mean, when you guys first, I mean, it had been 17 years. I mean, I know you guys had played some, you know, shows in between there, um, but it was 17 years that, you know, you guys didn't probably get together in a studio and record music. How was that after 17 years getting back in the studio recording? I mean, what was the, the the vibe like? Did you guys click sort of naturally, or did it take some time to kind of get things moving again? No, we kind of picked it up where we had left off, and it was uh, really fun and refreshing because uh, 
you know, we just, uh, we'd been away from each other for a long time and it was fun to get back together with those guys. And, uh, we just, you know, had fun making music again. There wasn't a lot of pressure to, mm-hmm. you know, that we were going to have to do anything big with it. It was just, let's make an album, have fun. And, uh, you know, hope some people like it and enjoy it again. And so that was kind of the way it was. Okay. Sure. Cool. Nice. Well, well, Monty, um, one of the things, and this is kind of a historical galactic Cowboys thought more than just any one release, but I always personally thought the biggest problem that you guys had was that there was way too many perceptions about the band and way too little actually listening to the band. And let me explain exactly what I mean here. Okay. People immediately said they put first, you were put into the Christian band thing. And so then everybody's comparing you to striper. They're all, they're a Christian band. So they must be like striper. (laughs) Nobody's listening. They're just putting you into a category. Uh Then they started saying when, when you guys kind of got away from that a little bit, then they started saying, well, they sound like King's X again. Anybody that listened to the band knew you didn't really sound like King's X, you know, but but you got put into those, those categories. And by the time you guys had a couple of records out, you had spent more time just defining yourself as not being in a category that, people didn't understand who the band was in the first place. Is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff followed us around for our entire career still there. Uh, right. I don't think I've ever read an article or done an interview where they didn't talk about King's X and that's fine. They're good friends of ours and you know, we like them, but uh, yeah, we always saw ourselves as, you know, just a rock band, uh, just a metal band, whatever we do, what we do. And, you know, and we, you know, we toured with uh, dream theater. We toured with anthrax in Europe. And so, you know, we, uh, overkill, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so we toured with a lot of different bands, but, uh, we did seem to get, always get put in that same kind of category. And, you know, I don't know, uh, how much it helped or hurt us. Uh, but, it was what what it was. So, right. did it bug you at the time? You know, I always wanted to just be seen as you know us, and you know, taken, you know, for what we did, which I felt was really different. You know, and I, I think history kind of kind of proved that when, you know, the, even the labels, you know, they didn't really know how to market us. We were on uh, we were on Geffen. And, you know, they, I, I don't think they really knew how to market us and, you know, or what to, you know, kind of category to put us in. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I always wanted us to just be seen as uh, who we were and not, you know, get a lot of comparisons, but I guess you always do get compared to something. True. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, one of the things too, Marty, I noticed is, you know, the, the band, you guys released, I think it was like seven studio records from 91 to 2000. That's like seven records in like nine years. That's a lot of music in, you know, in a short amount of time. Um, sort of something you'd see from bands like in the 70s, you know, not so much the 90s. Do you think, maybe in hindsight, you think, I mean, it might sound a little weird, but you think by releasing so much music in like such a short time that maybe, you know, it just could have been a bit detrimental to the fact that, you know, once people were maybe 
starting to hear the record or was gaining steam, you guys were already kind of moving on to, you know, a new recording and promoting, you know, a new release. You think that had like an effect at all or? Uh, could have, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, after, uh, uh, after Geffen dropped us, we got picked up by Metal Blade and uh, Brian just liked to, you know, put out albums and, you know, we'd still be touring on the, uh, you know, the, the one album and he'd go, Hey, let's put out an EP. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, uh, you know, we thought it was great. I don't know if that hurt us. Uh, you know, it, it was just, uh, we always had a lot of material to, uh, you know, keep putting out. So mm -hmm. it was, it was fine for us. I, I really don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think Chris alluded to before, you know, with uh, the comparisons to King's X, I mean, you guys are a lot heavier than King's X. I mean, I think the only reason why people probably compared the two is because of the, you know, the the vocal harmonies, you know, that maybe had a little similarity. Uh, because I never thought you guys sounded like King's X at all. And I think one of the reasons, too, that, you know, you guys were, had such a great, you know, heavy sound, too, was you got such a very unique bass tone. You know, it's not your typical metal tone with that low end that heavy bottom it's like you've got more of that high end it's a lot more treble to it you almost sort of like a rhythm guitar type of bass which is unique i think that's was what really i think i you know made you guys stand out a little bit in terms of your heaviness because even when i listen to your solo stuff your crunchy stuff it has sort of that same sound as well um so i mean explain man how do you get that tone it's really unique i love it i mean i play bass myself What's uh, I mean, not to give away your, any of your secrets or anything, but like, what's sort of like your approach there with uh, getting that tone on your bass? Um, well, I don't know if uh, you're familiar with bi-amping, but uh, yes. it's kind of this deal where you have one complete amp that's low end, just mm -hmm. bass, and then I've got a whole nother set uh, set up where it's guitar, basically. Okay. It's a guitar head with a guitar four cabinet. Uh, okay. Four twelve cabinet, and uh, I kind of combine the two, and it just makes this uh, really distorted, growling, uh, you know, wall of death. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, it has like a sort of like a lemmy, you know, kind of sound to it a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I was influenced a lot by Lemmy. Uh, the first time I went and saw Motorhead, uh, he stopped like in between songs and just kind of strummed his bass and it was mm. just like this you know <laughs> i was like oh that is awesome i'm gonna get uh, distortion pedals and you know nice and start making a tremendous noise awesome <laughs> and, and matt you would have known that if you were a subscriber to monty's Rockcast, because he told that story i don't know maybe two or three months ago on the on the podcast yeah. Uh, Monty, i told you this off off air when we were testing things i'll tell it again on the air I love the rock cast. I, it is, it is a go-to for me. It is, nice. a, um, you know, I, I like music podcasts in general, but I really like the rock cast because it's not, it's not phony. It's the most real podcast about, and it's not only about the business. I mean, you talk a lot about your art and you talk a lot about your, you know, your bands and, and yourself and just, you know, living day-to-day -day life and whatnot. But when you do talk about Galactic Cowboys, you do it in a way that is is very real for a band that is your size, the size of Galactic Cowboys. And so few bands do that. Everybody wants to pretend that they were superstars when they weren't. And it's <laughs> very refreshing 
that you don't. So talk talk a little bit about your decision, you know, not only to start a, to start the rock cast, but to be so open and honest in a time and as a musician where most musicians simply don't have it in them to be that open with their stories. Okay. Um, well, uh, you know, growing up, I used to play with tape recorders and I'd have my own little, you know, shows and right. stuff like that. And then when podcasts came along, <clears throat> I was like, man, I, you know, I'd like to do one of these, you know? So, uh, I got, you know, the Mac computer and figured out how to do it. And, uh, I, when I first started, I was just terrible at it, you know? And so, you know, I just figured, Hey, you know, this is me. I, I, you know, I'm just going to have fun with it. Be myself, be honest, you know, not try to, you know, put on a big phony show. Right. Uh, just, mm -hmm. you know, be myself, be honest with people about my life and, uh, you know, the stuff I've been through, which a lot of it's been bad, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on in the music industry. And so right. I just wanted to talk about that stuff. I wanted to tell people uh, music that I liked and turn them on to new stuff and uh, have some fun with it. So I kind of take a uh, uh, self-deprecating slant sometimes you know uh, throw in a little comedy and just try to make it a fun show so sure i i i absolutely love that you said to me that you were worried about the big bad cms guys hearing it and ripping it to shreds <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been a fan of you know classic metal show for years and still am uh i sit here and you know listen to you guys when i paint and I listened to, you know, this podcast. And uh, so, you know, I've been a big fan and I always wondered if they ever heard mine, would they, you know, do one of those uh, shows where they like, listen to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny, man. Well, um, you know, you mentioned your art, um, Monty, and I, I, I really, really think that, that is probably your number one calling these days. I mean, certainly you're, you're an accomplished musician and you could probably, if you wanted to jump right into another band, if you wanted to do that, but you've got some really, really, I don't want to say talent cause that's not the right word, but you've got a, a unique way of, of seeing and presenting art, whether it's, whether it's, you know, and for people that don't know, you can go to montycolvinart.com and see what I'm talking about. But Monty does a lot of pictures, a lot of paintings of, of rock stars specifically. Those are the ones that I'm most interested in. But they, they really seem to have perspective that is not the standard perspective. Your dime bag one, as, as an example, is much more gritty and real than most of the angelic dime bag stuff that you see painted today. And, and like, maybe it's me over reading into it, but like your James Hetfield um, portrait that you painted with the big head almost kind of represents Metallica as a whole today with the bigger, the bigger head than maybe they, they should have, you know? And so obviously if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong, but um you know, talk a little bit about your art and what goes into that. Cause I think you are a very 
I think you're very accomplished at what you do. I think more people need to actually see it. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I went to, went to college to study art and I got a degree in art and then I went, wow, what am I going to do? Uh, how, you know, how am I going to make money? And I've spent, you know, the last 35 years trying to figure that out. And, uh, you know, I did some of our album covers and right. things like that. And, you know, I've done a lot of stuff for people over the years, but, uh, about a year or so ago, I, I, I did some, uh, murals for the school of rock uh here in kansas city and it was such a blast to do these giant paintings and i woke up one day and went you know maybe i should do those at smaller scale and you know sell them on a website mm -hmm. and so i've started doing rock stars and they're such a, a a perfect thing for the way i paint which was is with a lot of color and you know and just that kind of thing and, you know, rock and roll and, you know, music just lends itself to, you know, being out there and you know, colorful. And so uh, I, I love doing the rock stars. Uh, I also, you know, do commissions for people if they want me to paint, you know, their, you know, pets or whatever, you know, their family members. But, you know, the thing I enjoy the most is the rock stars. And, you know, that's been that's been a blast. Sure. T talk a little bit or tell the story if you don't mind. And I know I'm making you repeat yourself. Um, tell your Rick Nielsen story. Cause that, when I heard it on the podcast, that's a, that's a fascinating story. Yeah. Well, I did this painting of uh, Rick Nielsen and, you know, I, I'll just pick different people that, you know, I admire or, you know, whatever, and, and do a painting of them. And so I finally got around to doing a Rick Nielsen and uh, I got it done and put it up on the website. And uh, a friend of mine uh, said, hey, you ought to put that on the uh, on this Cheap Trick fan page. And he actually did it for me. And he threw it on there. And about an hour after I posted the, the painting on my website, uh, I get a message from this guy that knows Rick Nielsen. And he's like, hey, uh, is that the actual painting or a print? And I said, it's the real deal. It's, you know, the actual original painting. And he's like, well, I showed it to Rick. He's a friend of mine and he loved it. And uh, I said, well, you want me to get it and you can pay me for it? And Rick's like, yeah, I want that painting. And so uh, next thing you know, uh, you know, the painting was sold. And uh, yeah, there it is. And uh so I, I thanked the guy and I said, could you do me one more favor? Could you ask Rick to take a picture of it with, you know, with the painting? And he's like, you got it. And like a week later, I get this, you know, picture of uh, Rick holding the painting. And of course he held it upside down because, you know, that's Rick. <laughs> but it, it was still like, oh my God, I can't believe this, you know? So yeah, it was, uh, that was a real highlight. No awesome. Well, speaking of experiences, uh, Monty, uh, another one I'd like you to maybe tell listeners here is, you know, people might remember uh, Galactic Cowboys as another band name called Sons of Thunder uh, from the movie yeah. Airheads. <laughs> I mean, it's been yeah. now a little over 25 years since that's been out now. So tell us a little bit about that experience. What was that? You know, how, what did you get out of that? How cool was that? <laughs> 
it was cool making it because mm-hmm. uh, we got to hang out on the set for like the whole day. And uh, we hung out with uh, Adam Sandler and uh, the guy that was in Airheads or in uh, uh, Spinal Tap, uh, Michael McKeon. I think that's okay. it. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, you know, so we, we met like these movie stars and, and hung out with them. And then uh, they made us wear these ridiculous costumes and, uh, you know, we got up there and, and filmed it. And I was jumping around and spinning and doing all these rock moves, you know. And, and then uh, when, we, when the movie finally came out, we went to the theater and, you know, our scene came on. And I think you see the back of my head for maybe one second. <laughs> but the other guys got to be in the movie. And, uh, you know, I, I got my credit in the film, so. <laughs> awesome well did you guys were you was the band able to get any more you know attention from it? i mean did people know that was you because it was under a different band name or or no you know if you knew if you knew us i think you know you probably did as far as exposure i don't think it did much for us uh as the way in the way of you know selling albums or anything like that mm-hmm. i did make probably more money off of that one that one song, it was a joke song mm-hmm. uh, called uh, Don't Hate Me Because I'm Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was a joke song that we wrote for the movie and mm-hmm. uh, we recorded it and it didn't go on the soundtrack, but every time the movie would play, we'd get like a little royalty. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't much, but it was still more than I've made for most stuff in music. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, um, well, Monty, so you know, what, what is next for you? I mean, are you, do you consider yourself now to be a full-time artist or is, is music still something that's brewing in the background? Cause I don't know. I listen to the rock cast and I don't get the, I never get the feeling that you're like, man, I really need to get back out there on the road and get back, you know, get back in a van and go do it again. I, I sort of get the feeling that you like kind of being at home with a paintbrush instead of on stage with a bass. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I would probably be open to uh, playing more if, if this, you know, COVID thing ever gets over and we can play. I would probably be into that uh, at this point in my life. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if we'll record again or if there will be opportunities to tour. Um, I would I would consider it now. Um But, uh, yeah, I mean, really the art is uh, really what I'm focused on right now, Um, and it's going really well. And so, I don't know, that's that's been my, you know, main thing that I've concentrated on the last year or so, and uh, that's kind of where I'm at. We'll see what happens, though. Sure. Is When when you do um, paint... Do, do you, I know you said you'll do it, you know, if somebody wants to paint a picture of their family or a mural or whatever, but for you personally, especially the stuff that you're, that you're just doing and then putting up for, to see if anybody is interested in buying, do you need creative, creative reasoning in your head? Do you need to feel that inspiration to do to do something, you know, and, and if so, what is it? Do you see a Dimebag video and think, Oh, I like the way he stood here. I'm going to paint that or, or, you know, what, what leads you to putting brush to, to canvas? 
Um, you know, if it's if it's like the rock star thing, it's usually, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, people that, you know, I really admire or, uh, you know, I got to be honest, though, you know, a lot of times it's just like uh, I'm motivated by, you know, hey, you think this will sell? You know? <laughs> you know, I've had people go, hey, you know, you ought to do a Steven Tyler and, you know, the next thing you know, uh, you know, I'm working on a <laughs> nice Steven Tyler. Where is it? There we go. <laughs> nice. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I get that kind of thing. You know, I'll have people suggest, you know, people that uh, they want to see. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And so I, it doesn't take much to inspire me. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I love doing it. I love, uh, I love painting and I'm motivated by, you know, starvation. <laughs> you're a true artist man you're a true artist <laughs> nice well Monty I'll tell you what man why don't to, to wrap this up why don't you give everybody the plugs for the uh, for the rock cast and for the painting and Galactic Cowboys and you know all the stuff that you're in okay um, yeah uh, Galactic Cowboys uh, I mean we're on Facebook and Stuff like that. Uh, you can get a hold of me anytime on Facebook, just Monty Colvin. Uh, and uh, my art website is montycolvinart.com. And um, yeah, what else? The podcast. Yeah, uh, Monty's Rockcast. Uh, check that out. Uh, I try to put out one, you know, one or two a month. And so uh, check that out. But, uh, you know, uh, if you want a commission or anything like that, just drop me a, an email, a, you know, a message, and uh, I talk to everyone. Yeah. So buy something, you cheap fucks. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help a poor starving artist. That's right. <laughs> He's been giving and giving and giving for 30 years. Give back a hundred <laughs> bucks or whatever. <laughs> nice. All right, Monty. Well, this has been fun, man. Great, great seeing you. Great having yeah, you thanks, on, man. Monty. Good luck with it, man. We'll, man. We Thanks for having me. This has been a blast. Uh, big fan of you guys, and uh, I really appreciate it. Awesome. All Thanks, right, bro. Thanks, bro. All right, take All care. Right. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. What is up, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show and the Aftershocks podcast. And I just wanted to remind you that if you are a podcast listener to the Classic Metal Show or Aftershocks or the Shockwave Skull Sessions, which you all should be, you can now get all three in one location. That's right, one location. It is on the CMS Podcast Network. That's right. Just go to anchor.fm slash CMSPN, as in CMS Podcast Network. Just go there. Make sure you subscribe. No matter which platform you're using, you, there's links to all of them there, whether it's Apple or Pocket Casts or Breaker or CastBox or whatever. 
Whatever you use, it is there. So get yourself subscribed to the CMS Podcast Network, and you will get three, I mean three, great shows all in one location. So do it today. Subscribe to the CMS Podcast Network. That is anchor.fm slash CMSPN. Do it!